Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and this is A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Exactly how stupid do you think I am? You know what, you actually don't answer that question. <laughs> that's, that's a rhetorical question. Uh, you, know, you know, actually, if, if you do want to answer it, Feel free to comment in the comment section or reach out to me on social media or wherever you can find me. I'm, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Probably some of you out there think I'm quite stupid, and I, I can understand why you might think so. Probably others of you think I'm pretty smart. And uh, sorry to say that the truth is somewhere in between. I'm not that stupid, but I'm not that smart either. It's kind of, kind of in between, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a rhetorical question. Before we get started today, I thought that I would uh, tell you a little bit more about myself since we're just getting to know each other here on the fight laugh feast network <clears throat> i always kind of consider myself somewhat of a new yorker yeah i don't have an accent or anything but uh, i've always thought of myself as a new yorker i i didn't grow up in new york i wouldn't say i grew up in connecticut for the most part um although you know connecticut's really just kind of a kind of a suburb of new york for for a lot of people but my family's all from New York. My grandparents are all from New York. My parents met in New York, in the Bronx. A lot of people, a lot of Puerto Ricans, you know, if they, when they came to mainland United States, they, they went to one of two places to start, usually. It was either Florida or it was the Bronx. And so that's where my family's from. They're all from the Bronx. Castle Hill Avenue is where they uh, grew up and all of that. And then I, I lived there as well as a little child. Um, and then I moved back there as an adult after college. I lived in the East Village, I lived in Midtown, but for the most part, I lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a New Yorker. Like, well, all, the, all the New York sports teams, all the underdog loser teams, the Jets, Mets, Rangers, and Knicks. And that's a little bit about myself. And that's actually going to be relevant to today's episode because I'm actually going to make the claim that one of the reasons why I'm able to sort of see through some of the social justice stuff for what it is is that New Yorkers tend to have kind of a sixth sense for certain kinds of things. A lot of New Yorkers are very good at spotting a hustle, if you know what I mean. You know, things aren't always what they seem when people say things to you or they, they want something for, for, from you or they're giving you something. You know, there's, there's sometimes alternative agendas at play and New Yorkers get really good at spotting this. They get good at spotting rats and spotting hustles and that kind of thing. And I think that, in part, that's part of how I'm able to sort of see social justice for what it is. I'll give you an example. You know, just the other day, I was actually in New York um, on a business meeting, and um, a woman came up to me on the subway and handed me uh, a package of, of, of tissue paper. And, um, you know, if you haven't been to New York or been on the subway, you might think, oh, well, that's nice. It's flu season. You know, maybe she thought you needed a tissue, but but really, what's going on there? She wants money from you, right? She wants money from you. That's that's a hustle. It's it's. I mean, it's not a very mean hustle, but it's a hustle. And New Yorkers can spot that a mile away. In fact, most of the people on the subway just completely ignored it because it happens all the time, and they've gotten used to that kind of thing. But anyway, um, but here's the thing: how exactly how stupid do you think I am? Social justice advocates say that therefore lots of good sounding things, right? They, a lot of the things that social justice warriors say and social justice advocates say, it sounds good when we first think about it, right? I mean, um, who wouldn't be for, for racial equality and racial justice? Who wouldn't be for love and stand against hate? Who wouldn't be for unity instead of division and all of that kind of stuff? It's, it sounds all sounds pretty good to me. But when you look at the surface and you kind of look at 
you can't just you can't just hear what people say. You gotta look at what they do. And and that's one of the ways you spot a hustle. It's not just what someone's saying to you to your face. It's actually the consistency of their beliefs and how they how consistent are they with it. And then you can easily see if you just scratch the surface a little bit that there is a rat. I smell a rat in the whole thing. It's a hustle. And I intend to defend that today. The first the first way I wanted to talk about this is this call for unity, right? One of the things that social justice advocates say, we need unity in the church and we need diversity. We need diversity and unity. In fact, a lot of times people will tie this to the Trinity and say, look, we're all diverse members of the body of Christ, but we're one in Christ and we need unity and diversity in the church in order to fully reflect the image of God. And most people, when they hear that, they're like, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. And I, again, I'm one of those people that says, you know, that I agree. I think diversity is a good thing. I actually agree with that premise, that diversity is a good thing. I don't think that people should be forced into uh, diversity. However, diversity, I think it's pretty clear in the scriptures is, is seen as a good thing and unity in Christ, clearly a good thing. And so who would ever oppose that? Why would I stand against social justice if unity and diversity are both good and I agree? Well, it's because when you scratch the surface, you see that they're actually not interested in unity and diversity. That's a bold claim because that's one of the main things they say they are interested in, but they're actually not interested in unity and diversity. And here's just an example of what I'm talking about. Gospel Coalition's Women's Conference this past year. They uh, had a lot of topics of, of about unity and diversity and things like that. And one of the things they did to promote diversity is they had a segregated fellowship event at the conference. Now, to some of you, that might be a shock to hear. The Gospel Coalition Women's Conference had a segregated fellowship, fellowship se- session where they said, if you have white or pale skin, you're actually not welcome at this fellowship event. This is a skin, this is a, um, excuse me, this is a fellowship event for women with dark skin. So you're either black, Latino, you, you know, dark skin, some kind of ethnic minority. If that's you, you can come to this. But if you're white, please don't come. This is an event for dark people. Look it up. If you don't believe me that this happened, this literally happened. That is the opposite of unity. You can't segregate worship in the body of Christ. You can't segregate fellowship in the body of Christ. That actually breaks the commandments against partiality. James talks about showing partiality. The, the Old Testament code talks about showing partiality. And when you show partiality and you say, uh, you know, you, you stand over here, you come over here and fellowship over here, but if you have the wrong skin tone, you can't fellowship over here with us. That's a sin. That's a sin. And it tells me that this social justice thing is a hustle because you're telling me you're for unity and diversity at the same time that you have division. You know, one of the other things that, that social justice uh, advocates will say is about racism. There's a lot of racism in the church, and there has been a lot of racism in the church over, uh, over the decades, over the centuries, and it still exists. Even though most people think it doesn't, it still exists, and we're against racism. And so you're like, wow, well, I'm against racism too. But if you scratch the surface, you can see that this is just simply a hustle. We've got, we've got social justice speakers and advocates calling people angloids on the inside. That's, a, that's, a, that's an attempt at a derogatory term towards white people, angloid. That's, that's, Dr. Eric Mason said that. We've got, uh, we've got another brother who said he was uncomfortable worshiping with white people after Donald Trump got elected. This is a brother who says he's against racism. 
That, that's a racist statement, though. So you, you scratch the surface, and you're like, oh, you're not really against racism, brother. You see, I smell a rat. I smell a rat. This is a hustle. I know a, I'm a New Yorker. I, can, I, can, I know a hustle when I see it. This is a hustle. You know, another thing that you'll hear uh, as well is, you know, it's a truncated gospel. We, we, we've, we've had a truncated gospel, and people aren't applying the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. They're not applying the law of God in every area of their life once they get saved. So the gospel, it saves your soul for eternity, and then, you, and then you find out how to obey Christ, and you obey Christ, and that's where we're truncating the gospel. And I would agree. I'd say right on. There's a lot of people doing that. Truncated gospel is not a good thing. But I can smell a rat. It's a hustle because they're, they're not interested in, in, in really the full gospel because they're venerating and honoring and celebrating and, and holding up as an example a man who denied the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he denied Christ. Jesus Christ said, our Lord, my Lord, said, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sin. Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. And Dr. King says, nope, I don't believe in the deity of Christ. This isn't about the, the, the truncated gospel, because Dr. King didn't believe the gospel. Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, so, so here's the thing. I smell a rat, and maybe some of you do too. I mean, a lot of people, if you would have asked them, hey, when did all this start, right, this social justice stuff? When did all this start? Well, the truth is it started a long time ago, but to a lot of people, the awareness of it started with the election of Donald Trump. That's when you got people starting to say crazy things about white supremacy and white privilege and all that kind of stuff. That's when it really was, people started realizing it, that this is a major problem. That's when you had Jamar Tisby saying he was uncomfortable worshiping with white people because Donald Trump got elected. And this idea, this idea is that, you know, all these Christians voted for Donald Trump and that's a vote for hate. That's a vote for hate. That's a vote for division. That's a vote for uh, injustice and, and things like that. And one of the examples they might show, they want to build a wall. I mean, how unjust and how hateful can you be not, not wanting uh, illegal immigrants to come here, right? That's one of, the thing, one of the symbols. The wall is a symbol of hate, according to many people. But you see, these same people, I, I know that's a hustle. They, they say they're about love. They say they're against hate. But I know it's a hustle. I smell a rat. Because these are the same people that are taking happy face, grinning ear to ear selfies with politicians who think it's cool to crush the skulls of infants when they're in their mother's womb, to stick them with poison, cut a hole in the back of their neck and suck their brains out because it's the right of a woman to do that. And that's supposed to be the party of love. If you would have just voted for Hillary and stopped the hateful Trump, well, hey, we wouldn't have had a problem. We wouldn't have had a problem at all. In fact, many of these people promote that kind of thing. I smell a rat. This is a hustle. And so the question is, what are they hustling? What are they hustling? You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the show. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, it's an A&E show called The First 48. And <clears throat> The First 48 is a show about murder investigations. And really, there's like three motives for murder investigations. It's either sex, so it's about a, about a woman or a man um, wanting more sex. It's either that about that. It's either about revenge or it's about money. And, and the reality is, I think the social justice hustle, the social justice hustle in the church is about, actually, it's about all three, right? So sex, revenge, and money. 
And I realize that's kind of spicy, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to talk about uh, the the sex one. I think that's something that somebody else that's more, a little more qualified about human sexuality could talk about. But but I really do think one, one of the things you learn in New York is most of the hustles that you'll encounter when you're on the subway or whatever, most of the hustles that you'll, you'll encounter are about money. They want Somebody wants money from you, right? And so... Um, a good example, you know, this is kind of a this is kind of a hustle. I think it's kind of a hustle. You ever go to a sporting event? This is something that probably all of you can relate to because this doesn't just happen in New York. You ever go to a sporting event and you got people? They'll have signs that say "I need tickets" or "I want to buy tickets" or something like that. And when you see those signs, what's actually going on there? That's actually a trick. <laughs> they actually want to sell tickets. They're not looking for tickets. They want to sell tickets. They're scalpers. And they can't put a sign up that says, hey, I'm a scalper because a lot of cities make scalping illegal, right? So, so that, that's kind of a – it's about money. I mean, hustles are typically about money. And the reality is – and I, I know this sounds crass, and I'm sorry for how crass this sounds. But the reality is that the social justice hustle in the American church is mostly about money. They want cash from you. That's what they want. They want money. And, you know, I did a podcast with uh, two brothers from Native Speaks, and this is the only time, or there's actually been one other time, only time when one of the social justice crowd was willing to even have a conversation with me, which also, which, which should tell you something, by the way. But anyway, I had a conversation with them, and I got in a lot of trouble because I was accusing uh, them and others of being interested in money reparations. And we're going to have an, ep- an entire episode about reparations and, and why it's actually evil <laughs> in God's sight, at least the, the way that reparations are talked about now. But the reality is this is about money. Listen carefully, right? Underneath all the rhetoric about racism and white supremacy and um, diversity and unity, all that flowery, good-sounding rhetoric and truncated gospel, all of that stuff that you kind of want to get behind but then you see their actions and it's like they don't add up, right? Underneath all of it is a demand. And it's a demand for cash. They want your cash. Either it's reparations. It could be reparations, just a, a direct cash payment from the government. Or it could be more funding for their schools. This is what they want. They want cash. They want money. Social justice is about money. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, like here, here's another one that I, that I think is so interesting. How stupid do you think I am? You're, you're telling me that over decades and decades and centuries even that, that the United States has been a white supremacist nation, right? The United States has been a white supremacist nation and presumably they learned how to become white supremacists. In other words, every system, you you tell me about the systemic racism and you tell me that the institutions in the United States are systemically racist and white supremacist and the schools have been teaching white supremacy. I even even saw a Matt Chandler thing where he said that everything he learned in school was about how great white people are. This is something he literally said. So, okay, I I, I remember at the time I was like, I, I don't know what school you went to, Matt, but in my school, we didn't learn it that, that way. But hey, you know, maybe it's just because I grew up in the suburb of New York, right? But, here, but here's the thing. So you're telling me that the schools are white supremacists, the systems are white supremacists, the institutions are white supremacists, and you want me to give them more funding. 
You want me to give public schools, these evil institutions that have taught white supremacy for decades, you want me to give them more money. How stupid do you think I am? <laughs> you want me to believe that the police are out there, racist police, shooting down black people, gunning down Latinos like there's no tomorrow, and you tell me, and you, and you expect me to also believe that we need to disarm the average citizen and make sure that the police are the only ones who have guns. How stupid do you think I am? <laughs> I'm from New York, man. I can see that hustle. This is about money, guys. This is about cash. I'm sorry that it has to be so crass, but it is. If you look at their solutions, you know, oftentimes social justice advocates will not give you the solution. They'll not even give you the goal. They'll just say, hey, you know, we got to repent of the, uh, the sins of our ancestors, all the racism of the past and all of that. We just got to repent of it. And they'll just be very vague and they won't give you the specifics on exactly what that means or, or what that looks like. Oftentimes they won't ever even offer the solution. But when they do offer the solution, nine times out of 10, it involves a cash transfer of one type of or another. This is a hustle. This is a hustle. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how else to understand it, but I mean, it's a hustle. Take it from me. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> this is a hustle, man. Anyway. Um, that is what I wanted to talk about today. Now, after hearing all of that, if you if you feel like you want to tell me that I'm stupid, go go right ahead. I, I can take it. I am a big boy. I've been called worse. Um, but that is the end of the episode. I actually, we got a, a quick story. Actually, one one last story before we finish. Um, <clears throat> I think I was. <laughs> I think I, I was kind of born to kind of talk about these issues I was a bit of be a bit of a prov provocateur of, of, a, of, a, of a certain type um, there was a story I, I was talking to the subway earlier right so one time me and a buddy were going to the Bronx um, to to do some golfing there was like a really cheap golf course up in the Bronx there are there are golf courses in New York by the way um, and it's towards the end of the subway line so it wasn't very crowded and I remember that uh, a guy approached us. He was selling Barack Obama merchandise. So he was like calendars and pictures, posters, you know, stickers, things like that. And, um, you know, this is before I was a uh, Christian. So I, I had been doing, it was like the middle of the day, but I had been doing a little bit of drinking. And uh, so we were having a good time on the train. And he comes up to me, he goes, hey, what's going on? And we, we, were, we were just talking with him, having a good time. And I said, hey, so um, so what are you selling, man? And he goes, oh, I mean, I got, I got these posters, I got these stickers. And I go, no, 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 I know, but, 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 but who's on them? And he goes, wait, you don't know who this is? And I remember laughing. I was like, yeah, no, uh, is that Dr. King? Doctor, is that Martin Luther King? And he goes, what? You think this is Dr. Martin Luther King? And he was going, he was, he was shocked. Like, I didn't know who it was. But I, really, I was just playing with him. <laughs> I knew who it was. But we had a good time. But anyway, um, that's all I have for you today. I hope this was helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on Fight, Laugh, Feast.